0: Welcome to the Sleeping Barber podcast.
1: Roger Martin is back, this time talking about what an incredible impact that making a promise to the customer can have on your business. We get into what a brand promise is, what is branding and how it relates to the promise to the customer. What's the USP? How does it relate to strategy and playing to win? This is a great episode. I'm sure you're going to love it.
2: Welcome
0: to the Sleeping Barber podcast, the place for business leaders to get the best and most credible information on marketing, strategy, and innovation. Your hosts, Mark Binkley and Vasilis Douros, share their experiences as they gather insights from the world's leading experts. Now, on with the show.
1: Joining me today, welcome back, Roger. Um, it's great to have you back on the show. This is.
3: Ah, it was fun last time. So when you called again, I said, sure, yeah. let's do this thing. It was
1: all the way back in episode six. We're at almost, uh, I think this is episode 39 now. So we're we're moving, we're chugging along, but this, that was great. So for anybody that hasn't heard episode six, that was a conversation with Roger on his new book called, um, Oh My Gosh, A New Way to a Think. A New Way to Think. Yeah.
3: It must have been for that yeah, one. Yeah. A New Way
1: to Think. And so it was a fantastic show. Uh, and that. And, I just love a lot of your work. And today we're talking about uh, the promise to the customer, which is a new piece of research that you've come up with in collaboration with uh, the
3: B2B Institute, right? And work. b um, 2 B2B Institute at LinkedIn. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a fellow named Jan Schwartz and a woman named Mimi Turner there. And then Wark, the world advertising research council.
1: Right. And then, uh, so just as a brief intro, um, you are widely regarded as one of the top management thinkers of our time. Um, you're an advisor to CEO for companies like P&G, Lego, Verizon, Ford. Uh, as we talked about, you have the new book called A New Way to Think. We've also written 11 other books, I think.
3: 12, actually.
1: 12. <laughs> Funny, because I was trying to find different sources, and there was one that said
3: 13 and one that said, I don't know, who knows. It is, it is, that was my 13th, though. And it went well. Oh, that's amazing. it went well. It wasn't an, an, an unlucky thirteen. So I've so I've burst through the the thirteen number. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, integrative thinking is also a fascinating area that that you've written on. Um, design uh, thinking and design for business is another interesting area. Playing to win, one of my favorite books. Um, you're in general, prolific contributor to HBR. Um, you've got a weekly blog on Medium, which is also fantastic. Uh, a professor emeritus and former dean
3: at U of T's Rotman School of Management. But I was really happy. I just I just broke through two hundred thousand followers on Medium uh, this week. Amazing. Earlier this week, so it's kind of fun. I just I just started writing on it. and Didn't know what would happen, and it's turned out to it's turned out to have been have been viewed as helpful to people. So I've, I've got that, and that puts me in the top like yeah. 10 or maybe 15, uh, medium, right. Writers. So, writers. so yeah. it's, it's been a, it's been a joy to, to do this. Uh, yeah.
1: That's great. I, I noticed a, a, a number of the things you've been writing about lately are comparing the playing the win to some other strategic framework, um, which is also super helpful because it's oftentimes there's a lot of different models that get presented and it's somewhat challenging from a normal person's perspective uh, to try and stitch these things together because oftentimes you think they're all competing yes so i kind of actually hope we can talk about that today with playing to win
3: i'm sorry with promise to the customer sure sure happy uh, ha- happy to and and yeah, happy happy to do that, and and uh, and yeah, I, it's been in response to readers. Like I listen very carefully to to readers. If they ask me a good question, I respond, and they say, "Well, how does this re- relate, Roger, to jobs to be done? How does this relate to to um, uh, uh, to blue ocean strategy, etc.?" And so, and and people seem to like them. They read them a lot, and so I so I just keep on keep on doing them.
1: Yeah. So uh, Roger, in terms of the promise to the customer. Um, I mean, I think just about any executive would say, yeah, we want to gain a competitive advantage. Uh, we're looking for ways to improve our financial results from the things we're investing in. Um, and so the the collaboration that you did with, um, with Wark and with the LinkedIn B2B Institute on the promise to the customer, um, I thought maybe we could just begin with the end in mind. So if you can just tell me, or tell V and I and our listeners what were the like landmark results of this uh, report that you guys
3: created? Well, the the result which was which was stunning to me in how big the the magnitude of the result was is that is that if your ad campaign, your messaging to the customer, contains an explicit promise to the customer. Uh, it will dramatically outperform. And I mean dramatically outperform ad copy that doesn't contain a promise to the customer. So when Snickers promises that it will satisfy, right? Snickers mm-hmm. satisfies. That is kind of much, much more uh, 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 successful than Under Armour saying it's unlike any or or Guinness saying it's made of more; um, those are those are very company centric. It's we're this, mm-hmm. uh, and as opposed to this is what we will do for you. Fifteen percent will, uh, fifteen minutes will save you fifteen right. percent. aggressive. That's more of a promise than nationwide is on your side. Or, or you're in good hands, right? Those are more about the company and are less about you. They aren't completely, those th- that spectrum, I, I, I'm fascinated by it. It's, it's progressive nationwide, mm-hmm. all state, right? Um, they're in the same you know, kind of business, uh, appealing to the same customers. Um, and if you just judge those on the basis of to what extent is it's a clear, unambiguous, direct, non-elliptical promise to mm-hmm. the customer, Geico is just so much yeah. uh, clearer, and so that was the fundamental result. All companies have and design a brand promise of some sort. So the brand promises of of Guinness made uh, made of uh, more uh, or Under Armour, unlike uh, any or Oracle, yeah. driven by data. They all are a brand promise, but those promises sort of, I think the, the research, I'm speculating a little bit on this, but I think the research says those kind of go kind of over the head of the, the recipient. So they don't have a big impact. Whereas the ones that sort of say it's about you, right? Right. It's not about us and how fantastic we are. We're not building a smarter planet, you know, kind of okay, yeah. well, like IBM. We're building a smarter planet. Oh, isn't that nice of uh, of view? Uh, of that doesn't appeal to the con- consumer yeah. like um, Sixth, the car rental company. Don't rent a car, the rent car. the right. car. We will promise you the very car you set you you uh, thing not at the last minute you get there and say oh well we sorry we don't have any you know I don't know what um, midsize uh, luxury SUVs right but you can have this right stick says no 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 it's mm-hmm. gonna be the car and so that seems to have a dramatically bigger impact positive impact than these lofty here's what we're about we're fantastic. You should you should like us because we're Mm -hmm. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Customers are sort of saying, "I I don't, I
1: don't know if you (laughs) would know the number." But is there in the research that you found in the methodology you guys uh, did? Was there is it a small number or small percentage of companies that actually make a promise in comparison to the number of um,
3: brands you looked at? Well, I'll I'll give you the numbers, and then you can decide whether it's small or big. Forty percent. So it was a two thousand plus of like 2021, uh, uh, campaigns, uh, that, uh, uh our research work assessed and essentially 800 ish were promised to the customer ads mm-hmm. and 1200 were not. So it's the minority. Okay. It's not like nobody does it right by any, by any stretch, right. lots of companies do it. But it isn't the ma- ma- majority, and that's that's to me fascinating, right? Because the ad business has been around for a long yeah. time, run, running campaigns. They think about all these things, um, and it is quite apparent that nobody has taken note of the fact that some promises are more powerful than others,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: a promise about you the co- the the company is meh, mm-hmm. and a promise. To you, the customer uh, is motivating. And the interesting thing of of, of this, Mark, uh, for, yeah. for me at, at least, is we've just peeled one la- layer of the onion. Sure, right, right. Yeah. We we actually. Uh, we actually don't don't in this in this first tranche of research because when you do it's like peeling it on you, you do the first piece of research and you figure out oh my goodness this is this is pretty pretty uh, amazing and then you can ask questions like hmm, is there a difference in the quality of promises to the customer yeah did they actually fulfill the promise to the customer yeah like like think about this this is all all it all it is its promise to the customer whether unfulfilled or not, whether a really great one or or not, and they still dramatically outperform. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to go back into the eight hundred, right? Uh, yeah, uh, to to now study more. What are the attributes of promises that sure. are killer promises versus ones that are good? They're better than not not a promise to the customer by far, but they could mm-hmm. be even better. And and then the harder uh, research to do, and that's going to take a that's going to take a long time. Is is to really say. If you make a powerful promise to the customer and, and religiously fulfill it, mm-hmm. is that the gigantic, enormous win? And that, that would be our, our hypothesis at, at, uh, at uh, this point.
0: Do you, mm-hmm. Again, based on the research, Roger, and again, welcome from from my side uh, as well. Thanks, Pete. Um, do you believe that this is really benefits more of the larger brands, or do you feel like the smaller companies, smaller brands, can also um, really lean
3: into this? Uh, the the answer is an unequivocal yes. And this is actually, for what it's worth, it's it's fun to have a research team. And Mimi Turner mm. was super interested in that. Is, does this only work for like? big money, yeah. long campaigns. And interestingly, the promise to the customer versus non promise to the customer differential is bigger in smaller, shorter campaigns. Oh, wow. So hmm. it's more like, you know, it, it is hard to, it is hard to break through the clutter and Byron Sharp is, is kind of, is right about most, almost everything he, he says, <laughs> right, right, right. Which is already being big, and prominent right. is, is the best indicator of being bigger and prominent, more prominent. Yeah. So there is sort of this advantage to being a big prominent brand plopped down in the center of of a market. Right. You can eat into that as a little brand, mm-hmm. a littler uh, brand that doesn't have as much uh, in the way of resources
2: mm-hmm.
3: by ensuring that you make a promise to the customer. Sure. Even if it's a lower budget, shorter running uh, campaign, the effect is is uh, uh, dramatic. It, it, as you're saying That's that, true. it made me think of, um, I think it was
1: Avis that a long time ago said, we try harder. And that was their sort of, I don't know if that is technically yes, the yeah. promise, but they were the smaller brand. They're the challenger brand trying to take on, I think it was Hertz at the time that might've been the biggest, but.
3: Yep, yep. Hertz was number one. Avis was a distant number two. Yeah. And it's famous, but it wouldn't pass our promise to the customer. It would be a brand promise. Hmm we as a company try harder mm-hmm. but what does that mean for you right right that like like the again the the, the these, these things aren't evident until you kind of like do the research so it wasn't evident to to, to mm-hmm. me the degree to which the and and again some of these is this speculation we're gonna have to have to try and figure this out but but my belief based on what I see in these campaigns and what kind of brand promises were promises about me, we try harder, right? What what I believe doesn't happen, mm-hmm. right, is that is that that campaign doesn't create a connection to you. As the individual. You're right? listening to it and you say, oh, well, that's nice that they try harder. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That's good. I, I, I'm happy that they mm-hmm. I'm happy that they try try harder. That's nice. So I, I don't think it means it's going to be unsuccessful as, as a campaign. Mm-hmm. But if National is saying, you, mm-hmm. Mark, can have any car in the aisle, when you come, you should pick your own car. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a promise to you or sixth is even more powerful. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about what's going to be in the Emerald Isle. Uh, uh, if if you're a national, uh, you just specify exactly the car you want, and it's there for you. Right. We promise.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: What that does, I think, is just create this connection right. with with you. It's sort of like, okay, now we're connected. Uh, you know, you've promised me this. I've promised that I will go. I will pay you for that. and I'll rent the car. So I've promised you something. You've promised me something. Now, let's see if we f- fulfill our promises. I show up for the car. You give me the car, yeah. the car, not a car. And then we're closer. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that then knits us together where we're in a relationship, yeah. right? Even if it's not a deep relationship yeah. with your rental car company, but it, we're in a relationship where, where Avis trying harder, I think, has a less impactful impact on our relationship. Right and it's hard to audit harder yeah. than what harder than what exactly what feature of trying harder would impact me how could i tell if you're trying uh, uh trying harder yeah right like yeah so i, I wouldn't even though mm-hmm. we try harder um is relatively yeah. famous mm-hmm. uh, i i would ne- i would now that i've done this research i would never advise a company to have a, 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 a campaign like we try uh, try harder there definitely is a uh,
1: we'll definitely get into the, what makes a good promise um, but I just wanted to ask about the research uh, in terms of and like I, I heard Mimi actually doing a presentation and she was talking about the the rigor that you put this through so just in terms of the research itself um, like, is there any chance that there's confirmation bias in in the reporting, or or not the reporting, but in the
3: in the sample sets itself? I I, I don't think so. And and so it's it's um, work has a database of of campaigns of, of uh, ad campaigns that have submitted themselves to. Uh, Competitions, including their own, because they, they, as as you probably know, they run the Lions, which is sort of the biggest, sort of the Oscars of 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 advertising. But they have they have uh, collect from other other competitions, Um, and so they just take that those submissions because in all these competitions, you have to submit all sorts of performance statistics in order to in order to uh, to to win. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Mm -hmm. So that's that's a pretty like um it's it's a it's not a random sample of campaigns right Yeah. so it's it's probably a sample from the upper tail of the distribution right because they right. thought enough of themselves to submit to right. a, to a campaign i don't think that really kind of queers the data if 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 uh, we can we can uh, say that um but then the confirmation bias i just don't think is there because work did not know our hypothesis mm. hmm. right so gotcha. we just said we want you to make an evaluation of these along these criteria what does, does this make a a promise a recognizable promise to the customer or not uh, hmm. so i think if mimi would have done done the evaluation you could say there could be a bias, but we had a, we had a third party who understand the, the researchers there understand, you know, everything about their database sure. and about advertising, sure. whatever. So, so I think we were using expert folks uh, who were not aware of the hypothesis. Now they could have inferred it and they could have said, said yeah. well, but I mean, we, we just, all we had a, going in was, was a hypothesis. we, like I, I've always yeah. had this belief, right? That, I, and I've pr- I, I've preached this this notion to my customers, B two B and B two C, right? Uh, to mm-hmm. say, um, it's great to have a brand. What is a brand? And in my yeah. view, a brand is the result of a loop where you make a promise, you fulfill the promise, you make a promise, you fulfill a promise, you make fulfill make fulfill, yeah. make, fulfill until they stop thinking Mm -hmm. at all about whether their promise is going to be fulfilled. Then you have a thing called a brand, which is something over and above the the sort of the physical characteristics of your product or service, right? It's this thing that's over and above, right? And so you stop asking the question, Will FedEx actually pick up my package (laughs) and deliver it when they said said so? Mm -hmm. Like before FedEx came into existence, that was a profound question. So some courier company sends a truck and picks up your package. They hand it off to American or United or Delta to put in their in their in their cargo, and then they hand it off to some unaffiliated uh, delivery a company on the other end and good luck to you. And so you gotta ship it, you know, seven days in advance to have a hope of find them losing it and then refining it and getting it there. Mm-hmm. Um but then FedEx says, no, here's the deal. When it absolutely positively has to be there, call us mm-hmm. our own trucks, our own planes, flying out of our own airports to our own trucks and you can track it the entire way through uh, yeah. uh, because because uh, at, at everything every uh, uh, instance uh, in the process, it gets scanned. And so you just yeah. sort of stop thinking about their promise mm-hmm. because it's so obviously going to be fulfilled. And then you pay a substantial price premium, mm-hmm. right? right? That's a brand. That's what I've always thought. And so, in in talking to, to to Jan, because Jan's interest was in uh, is sort of upgrading the the quality and attention to branding in um, in B two B, and I've always believed it. Even though I'm known kind of as a B two C guy because of Procter and Gamble, it's sort of a little false in that uh, half of my client base is always B two B as it is currently, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and and so so, you know, in the conversation with Jan, I was saying, listen. You get to have a brand as a, as a B two B company uh, when you fulfill your promises, uh, in, mm-hmm. until such time as they assume that they're going to be fulfilled, uh, and and we said, why don't we test that? Why don't we just why don't we just yeah. figure out whether that that is actually more true than not, Roger? So I had a bias. Sure, but I didn't do any. I, did, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get anywhere close to the 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 data set. But that that's how it came. It came about. It's something I've always believed, and in my work, I've 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 preached. But even so, had no idea how big the impact would be uh, on from the ad copy.
0: I was. I'm curious, yeah, um, Roger, as you were as you were going through that thought process, and I think I think it's interesting uh, because you know when I first went through the research myself, I'm kind of like, well, you know, don't brands naturally make promises? But you know, you talked about Avis, and I think that's a great example where even though it was a very successful campaign, it's still not actually a promise in terms of what. You know what it's making to to the consumer. So I think I'm starting yes. to see that. It's, a,
3: it's, it's what, uh, V, if I can just, yeah, uh, sorry to interrupt, but to say, wh- we've come, like we started talking about it as this is promise to the customer, promise to the customer, et cetera. And, and we've now come to say, we should just make this distinction. It's brand promise versus customer promise. Right. And so Avis makes a brand promise. And that's why, yeah. because some advertising people say, well, of course we make uh, pr- promises, right we right. promise something about our brand Guinness made of more yeah. under our um, uh, under armor unlike any yeah. right oracle driven by data right yeah. it, 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 these are promises yeah. what are you talking about roger yeah. and and so so it's that that distinction i think virtually all ad campaigns make a promise mm-hmm. it's just what is the nature of the promise is it a yeah. is it a promise about the brand as a promise to the customer. So sorry to interrupt. No, you, no. That, uh, but that's that. That's that's sort of learning along the way for for uh, for us. Actually,
0: no. That's a, I think that's a fantastic delineation between between the two because I think it's easy for a lot of uh, people, uh, marketers, to see like you know you're right. Well, we're all making promises, but saying that one's a brand promise with, versus one's a consumer promise, I think is is great. Now, the one problem I, I see potentially with all this is you have a lot of companies, they usually cycle their brand anthems, I don't know, every three years, they'll, they'll come up with a new tagline and, and whatnot. As you were going through this process and the research, is there like a, a, is there time bound at all? Or the ones that are consistent with their messaging for longer are able to build more of that, um, uh, I guess like the, the mental availability or have you seen something that would suggest that you know you can do it within a, within a couple of years and it's more than enough
3: again that's a an, an onion peel we haven't gotten okay. to yet but it's a really good like it's a really good one and i and i have a very strong bias and hypothesis right. on that which which is like i'm i'm a big habit habit guy mental availability yeah. habit habit guy mm-hmm. and i think uh, and i there is an aspect of the the Ed agents, it's agency world that I just hate, and that is that is this need to change stuff. Yeah. Right? Hey, we need a yeah. we need a refresh of our campaign and yeah. and changing changing one of my great noirs in life is logo changes. Yeah. <laughs> I still clench <laughs> yeah. my fists in anger whenever I see the new the not not even new anymore. It's ten years old uh, Holiday Inn uh, kind of logo, which just violates yeah. everything. I felt about holiday and growing growing up. It's like, what is this? What is this crap? So I think the same for, for ad campaigns. It's it's like a new CEO comes in yeah. and they hire their favorite ad agency, and their ad agency says, Oh, well, this is old and tired, and so we've got to we've got to go in an entirely new direction. And yeah. and, and, and that's stupid. Yeah. Right? It's stupid and destructive. Now I, I think I think what we'll find is having a a theme that changes somewhat is is uh, uh, is good, right? So Snickers mm-hmm. satisfies is no is no longer their their main uh, uh, campaign. Remember, it's not now it's Betty White. And you're not you when you're hungry. Have a Snickers, yes. right? I like that because it builds directly on Snickers satisfies and then has a nice twist on it. Mm -hmm. Right. Which, which says Mm -hmm. here's the problem that you have when you're hungry. Uh, You're a football player who plays like 98 year old (laughs) Betty White. Uh, But all you have to do is take this and you'll be fine. It doesn't say the word Snickers satisfies, but everybody knows what they, what they mean by that. And it is, a a promise mm-hmm. so staying on the same promise I, I think what we're going to find is staying on the same promise vector and doubling down on that will aid this sort of this mental availability and 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 my notion of you've stopped thinking about it right you just yeah. know that that they are going to fulfill their promise uh uh to uh, to you mm-hmm. Uh, you will be back to you when you had the the the, the Snickers, mm-hmm. uh, um, and and that's what we're gonna we're gonna find. And I think some companies, you know, Coke. If you look at all the campaigns, uh, I like to teach the, the the world a thing or or mm-hmm. um, uh, um, have a Coke and a smile. There's this there's this this long history of different manifestations of coke it will be a happy making social experience right. right and so that's now ingrained and if they did something that's off that vector sure. right uh-huh. I think it would be destructive uh, uh to the brand not additive of it it wouldn't be fresh and new it would be you know fresh and stupid uh, right so, <laughs> so so uh um so that that's what I bet that uh, yeah. Be, yeah, yeah. right but Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not certain of that.
1: Oh, great. I am. There's a couple of things that were just floating in my head. One of them though is that you did say that this is one of the biggest discoveries you've made in your career as far as uh, models go. And maybe just talk about that because I mean, you've done a lot. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You've done a lot of really important things. And so I'm curious why you say that about this model. (laughs)
3: Well, it, it's uh, what what I what I said is it it, it most striking research, right? So, uh, most striking research result. So, I would say there's other things that 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 maybe I concepts and the like that I came up with that maybe I think are more important or or, or the like than this. But this one, when it came back the way it did, you could have knocked me over with a feather. It's just like wow now maybe i shouldn't have said wow it's because i've been sort of preaching this all all along but i but there's lots of things that i that i believe to be the case on the basis of of more you kind know, of qualitative data if you will so mm-hmm. i've worked for 10 ceos and they all they all talk about and complain about the same one thing. I say, well, that's a problem in general. And then I tell it to other CEOs and they like nod and say, yeah, you're right, Roger. Hadn't thought Mm -hmm. about it that way, but you're absolutely right. So, so lots of my work is, it ends up, I, I see patterns. It's pattern recognition that is Mm -hmm. non statistically significant, quantitative, Uh, you know, some stuff, some stuff, you know, kind of for sure, uh uh is um right I, I, mm-hmm. I this this is right up there with with the the other one that that, that i put in the same category this was was in 1989 90 when i did this piece of research for procter and gamble on their retail uh, channel because they sell mm-hmm. everything through uh, through retailers right mm-hmm. um and uh, the dominant merchandising strategy of retailers in that era was and it still is 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 probably the biggest uh is what called high low right which is which is you normally have your uh, price of a given product at high but then you put it on deal right, you right. got a sale on on neutrogena uh pr- mm-hmm. products or 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 something that's called high low mm-hmm. and procter and gamble was was entirely set up to support that. They'd work out with with all their customers when are these products going to be on deal, and they'd gear up their factories to produce more when it's on deal, and they'd have all these rules about you can only sell it on deal at this periods and that periods. An entire business system set up to to support to support that. And uh, I did this study uh, that said, what if we segment our our customers, not on the basis of are they a mass merch, a grocery chain, or a drugstore or a C store, but rather segment them on the basis of their merchandising strategy, mm. because there was a new and emerging one called EDLP, Everyday Low Prices. We're just not we're not going to mm-hmm. have sales. We're just going to sell it for the same uh, kind of every day. Which Walmart was was then right. emerging, still a small a small company, but emerging. But a bunch of others actually were, were were pursuing that that strategy as well. And and I came to the conclusion from the data uh, that uh, that wow, Hilo, the store growth in in Hylo merchandise, like were they opening stores was zero this was across our top 100 customers, Mm -hmm. zero, they were flat. Hmm. Their sales per store were zero real, zero real sales uh, uh, per store. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, in EDLP, they were growing number of stores. So store opening is at 7% compound a year. And wow. their sales growth was 7% compound real, both seven and seven. So seven versus zero, seven versus versus uh, versus zero. And we were being kind of annoying to them. We'd say, listen, we're going to sell it to you at a higher price sometimes and lower price when it's on deal. And right. if you want to sell it for the same thing, you go knock yourself out and they're like, this is stupid. Why? Okay. Can't we just buy it at the same time, same price, uh, every, every day of the year. And, and it works with our supply chains. Uh, mm-hmm. No, no, you can't. Was what, was, <laughs> what, was what we, was what we told them. And so what I said is we are siding. The, the data was so clear. We're siding with the losers, right. Who are right. losing share to the winners who we are, pissing off basically and that created a complete shift procter and gamble in 1991 92 shifted to say our base is edlp and if you want to do high low you knock yourself out we'll give you all the same amount of trade dollars to do whatever whatever you want an edlp versus high low and we're going to set up our whole logistics system to hmm. do that we're going to stop arranging deals uh, for, for you guys was that's all up to you mm-hmm. and procter and gamble grew faster during the 90s than all of its competitors who took too long to figure that uh, figure that out and that's how walmart and and target for example became our absolute giant uh, customers so mm-hmm. it's been since 1990 that i've had uh, that i've had uh, uh something that's as dramatic so 30 two years as a dramatic a a uh, quantitative research finding as mm-hmm. as that it's amazing yeah um and actually you brought up walmart which is a great
0: example of the everyday low prices is a promise to the consumer right it's yes. not a brand promise in that in that instance yes. so i could see how that then
3: and and uh and you know sam walton's original promise which i've always loved is we help regular folks afford the things that usually only rich folks can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? Yeah. It's very clear. Right? That's yeah. a promise. If you're regular yeah. folk, we help you buy things like rich folks uh, uh, can. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful promise.
1: I want to dig into like, what's the, it's a good jumping point into the next sort of section as far as so there's the research, but then there's the applying the research. And, and when mm-hmm. it comes to the promise, I mean, you mentioned this before, we we're talking about this with Avis. Um, and, and so there's a brand promise versus promise to the customer. And that part was really interesting because it's this, I think, in the specificity of the language or it's the promise to the customer, not just the brand promise, which has this sort of loose feel to it. Um, can you maybe talk
3: about yes. what makes a good promise to the customer? Well, we've uh, come to the conclusion that that it's at least three features. Uh, it, it might end up being more, but these are the three that we see. Um, one, it's memorable, right? It, it, that you can you can remember it, and that and that ad people would say, "duh." Obviously, Roger, that's why we t- uh, test unaided recall and stuff like that. But but I think the promise itself mm-hmm. has to be memorable, that has to stick in your mind as, as, as kind of mattering enough to you that it is, it is memorable. Mm -hmm. And that's again, why not to beat up Mm -hmm. on, on these, the companies so much, but when, when Adidas says, you know, uh, original is never finished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does that even mean? And how is it that that's going to be so memorable? (laughs) Oh, wow. Original is never finished. Uh yeah. You know, it's like right over your head and 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 out the window. Yeah. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent memorable memorable, I think. Yeah. Because it's straightforward, simple, and it's stated in a nice way Snickers satisfies that that is uh is uh um I like one of the ad campaigns in the in the thing I really liked I'd never heard because you know I'm I don't live in the UK, but it was for UK uh uh, business uh, B- B- British Telecom uh, for their for their enterprise market, which is uh, unbreakable Wi-Fi, all business, no drama. I like that, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, when your Wi-Fi goes out as a business, <laughs> that is very bad. Yeah. It's drama of the sort yeah. you don't want. Uh, and, and sort of, I I kind of I like that. So so memorable. It's got to be valuable, right? So if you make a promise that customers don't care about. Uh, then mm-hmm. good luck to you. And I think, you know, there's going to be a back and forth interplay between memorable and valuable. If something sounds like, wow, yeah. I'd like that, you know, wow, I just got my it's bill from or whatever memorable. Allstate or, or whoever. And it was, it was $2,000. And, and, uh, they say 15 minutes could save me 15%. Oh, that would be $300. Ooh, that's valuable. And that I think helps make it, Mm -hmm. uh, make it memorable, but this is where you really Mm -hmm. do need to understand your customer and what, what your, what you could uh, uh, uniquely deliver uh, to them. And that gets to the third one is deliverable, right? It's, you can actually deliver that. So, so making, making a promise that's hard to deliver on, right? Uh, Nationwide is on your side, Does that mean if you're a fraudster and you're trying to, trying to, you know, get, get them to fix the thing that, that used to be broken already, but got, got broken some more when you had a a crash, uh, will always be on your side. Right. Mm. You know, I don't think so. I think what the promise is, is when we think it's right to be on your side, we'll be on your side and otherwise we won't. Well, saying nationwide is on your side is that deliverable? Yeah, I don't know. Is it auditable? And I think, and I think, sort of, uh, kind of, it being auditable is uh, is important. And that's where you know, Snickers, <laughs> Snickers satisfies. Like, what is not to like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's simple and 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 uh, memorable. It's valuable. When you're hungry, you'd like to be satisfied, and. When have you eaten a Snicker bar and not if you were hungry and eat a snicker bar, are you not not hungry? It's like right. duh super, super easy for for you to deliver, like you create a bar that is full of sugar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, and yeah. and it and it fills you up and it's big and it fills it, fill, it fills you up it's nougat it's not super expensive chocolate so it's little and it might not fill you up as much as a big hunk of nougat that's a chocolate block full of sugar and nuts and and chocolate boom you got it yeah you
0: we ha- we had a question here the kind and i think i know the answer now Um, it was around, you know, how does this differ potentially from a unique selling point and uh, brand purpose? But I think earlier you talked about, you know, a brand promise versus consumer promise, but is there anything else you'd like to add to that, that, you know, to kind of create more of that delineation between, between the two?
3: Yeah. I mean, I guess you need a, a USP, you know, some, some, something that, that differentiates you, um, the the question here is then then how do you how do you communicate uh, that yeah right um, like IBM may have invested uh, kind of bajillions into into Watson uh, right. so that they can kind of a build a smarter planet, <clears throat> but. what... <laughs> What does that mean? Yeah. What, v, if you're if you're a, an IT guy, right, with a big budget in a in a company, and and, uh, and and they say, you know, our promise is we build a smarter planet. I mean, that may be unique, and it may be sort of a selling proposition of some sort, but it's just so. Elliptical, like I, like I think of, I think of things as, as going on this big elliptical curve rather than bram straight, yeah, yeah, yeah. straight, to, straight to your, uh, to your heart. Because, mm-hmm. like, if if somebody wanted to argue with me, they could claim that every single brand promise that I dismiss is actually a, a customer promise, and I think they could successfully make that argument. Yeah, but I would say, I would say, yes if that customer is willing to go through 25 steps of logic to figure out how you could make an argumentation, how that gets back to them. Mm. And I'd rather just, I'd, I'd rather just go one step, Snickers satisfies. Sure. yeah. Sure. Not, not, kind of Snickers, uh, we make really healthy or not healthy <laughs> filling bars <laughs> that taste great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They could say that's, that's a customer promise. Yeah. They're yeah. filling yeah. and they, they and they and they taste taste great, but it's just more elliptical than Snickers satisfies you. V. Yeah, uh, you're on, and we're going to show you eating one and yeah. not and, and not looking like Betty White again, <laughs> right? <And> looking <laughs> l- looking uh, back to your old self, which yeah. are, which I like. I think the Betty White one is it's fantastic. Was, it's it's, so it's, smart. It's fantastic because it's bad to good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what yeah. what got you from bad to good? Oh, eating and and they do, do show the person taking a bite of the of the bar. So so I would I would say I would say it's how it's it it's a lot about how you frame and communicate that mm-hmm. and, and 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 there's a there's there's a there's a real kind of ego narcissism problem here, right? Which is yeah. which is. You know and and i was and i was at meeting. you know i've worked with procter and gamble forever i have all these friends at procter and gamble and uh, and uh, because of that i gave them a preview i was in a meeting with one of their big global uh billion dollar uh brands and i i said you know i'm going to con and, and in a couple of weeks i'll give you i'll give you the preview here's the deck it was not even completely kind of finished deck but i'll give you the deck mm-hmm. uh and uh and there was sort of consensus in the room immediately, which is like, oh my God, we had a super successful 2017 ad campaign, like super successful. It really moved the needle needle on this product. And then we had a 21 that was really kind of disappointing. Like it just mm-hmm. didn't sing. And now we're in advanced copy testing Latest stage for 2023 and it's testing testing really well so we're feeling we're feeling better about it than 2021 right and and they said let's let's flip up those those uh commercials and they all have them on their computers so they show 17 and it makes a crystal clear customer uh a promise mm-hmm. like super clear and compelling and, and valuable. Um, and it even gives in the ad copy a little signal of how you can audit it at the end. Oh, interesting. Mm. You'll kind of know, you'll mm-hmm. kind of know this if you do this kind of cool. Uh, 21, they had launched a new version of the product that they were super, super pleased with. And, and they should have been because it was a super uh, kind of advance on the product. And the ad was all about how super this new product is. Right. and then and then in 2023 they'd interestingly gone back to 17 and kind mm-hmm. of mimicked that and gone back to a real promise and sure enough it was testing it quite well mm-hmm. um, and but they were all like oh my god we were so keen on ourselves in 2021 that we had a brag about how great awesome we, we, this was and it fell flat even though it was awesome you could say i think you could say definitively that the 21 product relative to competition in 21 because the industry advances but relative to competition 21 the 21 product was better than the 17 product relative Mm -hmm. to the competition then and the ad fell uh uh, fell flat but the other cool thing that they did and this is what i love about proctor pan when, when they when they get something in their teeth they just go do it uh they said we dropped the audit feature. Hmm. We didn't tell them how you should audit this. And they Hmm. went back and they said, we're going to fix the ad before we go, because we're still in testing. We're going to fix it to add that back in. So it was interesting to maybe the most sophisticated advertiser on the face of the planet, the biggest advertiser, Mm -hmm. very, very, very sophisticated. They could immediately see that, oh my goodness, we went from promise to the customer to brand promise, <laughs> now back to promise to the customer. Right, we yeah. gotta we gotta watch watch that. So the sector they have six six uh, sector group global presidents and uh, and she said, boy, we've 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 just gotta make sure this is a criteria. Now uh, we can't let things happen like twenty twenty one. That was a preventable error. Yeah, except we didn't we didn't have this frame. Yeah, in our head in our head at the time and so it almost becomes like a litmus test now
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah that's yeah. what i argue like uh, uh uh you know this is all coming out uh in an hbr article in Jan feb so it's it's uh in fact i just signed off on the, on the last the last edit so uh, it, it'll be there and uh that's that's one of the points we make uh in in the end of the article is if is if you're a uh, the head of a business and your CMO comes to you uh, with an ad ad campaign and wants approval for the 200 million or the 50,000, whatever, whatever it is to, to, to spend on it. These are Mm -hmm. the questions you got to be asking of the, of the campaign. Does it make Mm -hmm. a clear promise to the customer? Is it memorable, valuable, deliverable? Can they audit it uh, to make sure we've, we've, we've delivered. And if it's not, I just say you're foolish, to go forward with that campaign when you could mm-hmm. make it a promise to the customer campaign. Yeah. So I agree uh, V it's a, it, it should be a, a litmus test and I'm sure for the sector president, I'm I, I'm sure it'll be a litmus test for her. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. she was, she was just sort of like, you know, Oh my, now she wasn't a, a, in charge of it. She just become a, in charge of it in the past 18 months, but she just looked at it and said, yeah, oops, missed it, that one. It's- Stands out to me that um, it, it's also like in that scenario
1: where you were just talking about the PNG case study. I mean, that's a real time case study of like yeah. the application of this it instantly being applicable, and and it feels. And I like didn't it's have also-
3: to, Mark. I did not have to convince them of anything, <laughs> right? They They're just doing themselves. it. They no, yeah. they, they put up the three commercials and did the complete diagnosis and said oh my god so it was interesting yeah. i i i didn't have to say well did you notice in this head that <laughs> yeah it was like they, they were like shaking their heads saying oh how did we do how did yeah. we do that how did, how did and and it was and their diagnosis was sort of narcissism a little bit like it's like we were so excited about how awesome we were yeah it, it, it's and that's yeah, there's so there's two things
1: that I was just thinking about. One is that it's a one way, and I'm not saying this about the PNG team, but it's one way that you can um, prevent your own team from putting lipstick on a pig. Yep. Yes. And so, and then the other part is thinking about the connection to playing to win the deliverable part. Like I keep thinking about sixth. And so you can make a promise if you want. So lipstick on a pig, but pick the car. But if you can't deliver it, then it means like the systems and processes so extends far beyond just
3: the marketing team, making something up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's no, you, I, you make, system. you make an, you make an awesome point. And this for what it's worth is, is actually the obsession of Jan of uh, the, uh, Jan Schwartz, uh, right is is because his view from his his vantage point is that is that sort of the go to market of companies and especially he focuses on b2b but i would argue it's, it applies to b2c is all fragmented and fractionated you know that the, the sales people do this and the marketing people do that and the the product mm-hmm. people do this and it's not it's not easily integrated and and his argument which i which i buy entirely is is that is in significant part uh, because um, there isn't sort of a organizing theme so they're all kind of right. doing their doing their thing and so he believes promise of the customer can be this organizing theme that would pull those people together And Mm -hmm. and sixth is is uh, is actually you know he actually knows somebody at at sixth, and so it was in mind uh, when we were doing this. It's wow, they're making a promise to the customer the car, but it at sixth right they have to have a whole bunch of different systems than the other other rental car uh, uh, companies have, and make different decisions than those because the other rental car companies right for fleet management. Right. It's so much easier to say you'll get one of mm-hmm. seven cars in that class. And so they just as cars right. come into and, and go out, they're like, oh, yeah, as long as we have enough in that class, it'll all be fine. Sixth has to have a system. Right. That says, you know, we're right. going to forego some of those benefits of, of fleet flexibility because we're making this promise and we have to have a system that ensures that that car is going to be there because we have, we've, and they're not even, they're not even okay with, with, uh, they think it's failing the band promise. If they, if you, if you say, yes, I want a, whatever, a, a, a five series BMW or an, or an M mm-hmm. five or, M5 or uh, a BMW, they're not even comfortable saying, I'm sorry sir we don't have the 5 series we'll give you for no extra uh, extra uh, dollars the 7 series mm-hmm. right because they say right. they may not want a bigger car right they want the 5 series right. and that's and and that's why they booked yeah. the 5 series and so so a whole bunch of their back end operational systems have to be different than the other car companies. The algorithms for for kind of you know moving cars around, all of all of that all of that stuff has to be different in order for them to uh, to fulfill the promise. Right i mean i remember this 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 reminds me like I, as i go back in my long <laughs> consulting career i was doing formica versus wilson art in high pressure laminate right you know my the desk that i'm sitting at is, is, mm. is high pressure yeah. uh, high pressure laminate kitchen counter tops or whatever and wilson art um Kind of defeated Formica, even though people call high pressure laminate Formica. It's like they call totally. tissues Kleenex, right? Uh, the, they Kleenex, they yeah. uh, overtook them in, in market in market share, and and the they did it because availability of of exactly your shade and uh, shade texture whatever meant a whole lot to the contractors who are building out your kitchen, and if you right. went into for mica, the answer was often uh, that'll be six uh, uh, six weeks, six to eight weeks. We, we can get it to you, and the reason is there are many formica dealers in every every town. Each of them carries a narrow range of only the most used yeah. uh, uh, kind of uh, colors because they can't afford to carry the long tail because they're competing with all sorts of other formica things and mica heads, like one DC for the, for the entire country at that time, they may have two or three, now, mm-hmm. maybe one for the West coast, but, and so you have to order from the DC, um, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Wilson yeah. art was making a promise to the customer 48 hours. it will be on your job site delivered in 48 hours. We promise. What did they have to mm-hmm. do? One Wilson art dealer per metropolitan area.
2: Mm-hmm,
3: right one right why because you could say we've given you philadelphia but you have to carry this range everything. you can't just cherry pick and carry a narrow range because you're philadelphia yeah. you so a completely different a completely different uh, uh distributor uh, system and then a set of regional warehouses that enabled from the and the regional warehouses that had everything they produced in in them and, and they could get, uh, a material, uh, uh out mm-hmm. and they promised, they, they, they said to the, uh, the distributors, even if you don't have it in stock, mm-hmm. essentially tell them it's in stock. And yeah. even if it takes a Wilson art truck carrying one sheet of this, like freight logically insane, um, we will make sure we will we will guarantee to you our distributor we will guarantee it will be in their job site in 48 hours regardless of what we have to do so they had to have they had to have you know truck availability and logistics availability to do that so they could do what make a promise to the customer and and mm-hmm. always fulfill it right and so i did that 30 years ago uh and yeah. now in the context of this it's a i can see it's a great example yeah. we will make a promise to the customer that's valuable 48 hours that is valuable it's auditable <laughs> was it it's like fedex yeah it's the sheet yeah. of of uh, of high pressure laminate on my site or not that is that is dead easy but you make it deliverable by completely changing your distribution system and completely changing the makeup uh, and structure of your distributors mm-hmm. all behind a promise to the customer was it useful? Yeah, they went from new entrant to largest in the in the business, uh, dethroning the company that invented the product category.
0: Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It, Hadn't thought of that
1: story before. Right now, <laughs> that's interesting. But as you're talking about it, it's it's fascinating because I think maybe going back to V's question about time, it's possible that like the companies that were submitting this feel good about their re- results because they've had the time to build up their systems and processes and can make a promise that they can deliver on. Mm. Whereas the Formica example that you were just talking about, the competitor there, they're, they're making a promise. And I, I, am curious that, you know, as you dig more into this, there's, I can't help but think there's going to be a pulling away of market share as, as you just talked about so that you're starting to make a promise early But as your systems and processes go to support that promise over the months, years, quarters, you know, decades that it takes to, um, you know, actually fine tune the systems and processes that it will help accentuate that promise and help differentiate the company from other people because they've now aligned their
3: promise with their actual delivery. I agree more. I, I, I agree. I should say I agree entirely. And, and this, is, in fact, was the, was kind of the subject of uh, an article. AG and I did an HBR article on, on where we said loyalty customer loyalty is overrated. Rated, it's more but habit. Uh, and we introduced the concept of cumulative advantage how you accumulate your advantage by having these more interactions with the customers. And so that fits into what you're saying, Mark, which is, which is, which is you get a, you get a benefit of figuring out how to treat the, the uh, deliver the, the promise to the customer. You figure out how better and better, how to do it. They start to just take it as second nature, right? Like, you know, send, send the contractor into the Wilson art distributor because it'll be in stock, right? Like, like you don't even ask, you don't even go to Formica. Uh, and interestingly enough, what we found in that in that business is that that is that the the contractors had to train the designers. Because the designers, because Formica did have did try to differentiate on the basis of having this broadest line possible, and they kept adding and adding and adding it, right? Which made the six weeks up to eight weeks, right, as they complicated their system. And then the designers would spec Formica, then the contractor would go to Formica, and they'd say eight weeks. And the, the contractor would go back to the designer and say, "Would you knock it off? Right. Hmm. You keep specing Formica because you think that fuchsia is just so perfect, right? And and I don't hmm. care because I can't get it for eight weeks, and we got to do the do the kitchen in the next in, in the next two weeks. So knock hmm. it off. So they actually, right. what happened? And the cumulative advantage is the contractors, who are the ones on the firing line, increasingly said, "For Micah doesn't deliver, Wilsonart delivers," yeah. uh, and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell the other people to get with the program. So that sort of deepened the advantage. So it's a mm-hmm. good, it's an example of what you're talking about, Mark.
0: Um, it's um, from a measurement perspective. Are there key performance indicators that you should be looking at? Make sure that a that you do have the right promise or in fact, it is working. Of course, we can quickly say, well, revenue should be coming in at a higher rate potentially. Yeah, and things yeah. like that." But are there other lagging indicators that uh, organizations should
3: be looking at? Yes, or, or more leading Le- indicators, so, yes. I would say, leading. Thing, things that that will cause you to believe that the yes. sales will will arrive there. You know, there I think the industry is actually set up well, like they measure consideration and purchase intent and preference and all those all those things. I mean, I think they're I think they're good, good metrics. Sure. Um, uh one of the the, the the counterintuitive things that we that we discovered in this is one metric that metric that people use is social media buzz. Hmm. Did hmm. this campaign get social media buzz? Yeah. Did we get people talking about it? right? Yeah. Well, it turns out that one thing, one dimension that the the non Promise to the Customer campaigns handily beat uh, Promise to the Customer campaigns on is social media buzz like i think it's 55% to 43% uh, uh, percent delivered a a uh, a big boost so 55% of non pttc campaigns delivered delivered on social media buzz win versus 43% of the promise to the customer mm-hmm. um but then on all mm-hmm. the things that matter like did you actually sell more of this stuff did you build brand uh, where did you br- build purchase intent blah 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 all of those things mm-hmm. uh, uh, promise to the customer slaughters, non PTTC. So it 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 interesting is a real warning, like it's a real warning. Yeah, I think lots of ad agencies are all into, well, if you we can only get social media buzz, right? We could get yeah. lots of social media buzz if we sent some Bud Light cans to Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah, lots of social mm-hmm. media buzz, right? So, so it's an ex- yeah. like like we got to be controversial, and yeah, 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 we'll yeah. get more buzz. That was <laughs> negatively correlated with with yeah. real performance. So That's it's that is something I'd say watch out for and 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 think about it. Like, I think making a promise to the customer is kind of boring, right? Yeah. Snickers mm-hmm. satisfies you is not newsworthy. 15 minutes could save you 15% is not newsworthy. Why would, like, who cares, right? Well, it turns out that customers is buying insurance care, but not the media, uh, not not social influencers, whatever. So, so being careful not to be carried away by the idea of, of we've got to make sure that there's this huge buzz in the social media world with this campaign, and that will naturally mm-hmm. lead to more sales. No, it won't, is, is, is it. And that's the most, that was the, of, uh, it was sort of, I think, I'd have to think about this, but probably the most striking thing, the fact that it was exactly the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. It was one area where, where, uh, th- uh, where, uh, non-PTTC campaigns, like on a metric, slaughtered PTTC campaigns, sure. right? That's crazy. And they had a slight win on whether it was evaluated as the campaign having had an influential idea, which would be sort yeah. of a like a milder form of social media buzz. So this idea that you've got to have this really cool campaign that breaks boundaries <laughs> and does all sorts of new things, mm. Yeah, go ahead, knock yourself out. But if you don't actually want to sell more stuff, like, yeah, uh, you know, like maybe not. That's, that's I love else. That. <laughs> that's, if,
1: that's I know we only have a couple <laughs> minutes left with you, Roger. So um, I, I just wondered yeah. if there's one thing that that uh, like a CMO or a leader could take away from <clears throat> from this, and, it, and you know, it, apply it today—is there is there something that you can like distill as like a first starting point?
3: Yeah, I, I, I would literally say, so if I, were, if I were talking to a CMO, I would say, whenever you're considering a, a campaign or ad copy or, or whatever, put yourself in the position of the, of the target audience, the target customer, and ask yourself, mm-hmm. do I feel I was promised? right? It's just as simple as that. So, so transport yourself yeah. to them, get out of your now corporate mindset where you might have the narcissism of well, this is so new. This is so great. We got to tell them about right. this great new thing. That's so great. Like that'll get out by sort of almost role-playing flip over to the other side and role-play the customer and ask that one question. Have I been promised something? Mm-hmm. And then if the answer is yes, is it valuable to me? Mm -hmm. You'd want that answer to be yes too. Mm -hmm. And then you'd ask, how will I figure out whether that promise has been fulfilled? And if they're confused as heck uh, about about that, then it's going to be a a weaker promise. So just ask those, ask those, put yourself in their position and ask those three questions. Look at at your ad copy, your ad campaign, is there a promise for me? For me? Mm -hmm. Is it, do I like that? Could I figure out whether it's been fulfilled? Mm-hmm. If, you, mm-hmm. if the answers are yes, boom, go do it. If the answers mm-hmm. to any one of the three are 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 no, then I then I'd say it's time for it's time for you to do a little bit of rework. I love this. It can be better.
0: It's so yeah. simple.
3: It's so simple, and I like simple things. It yeah, is,
0: and it's incredible. Yeah, um,
3: where to play, how to win. Think think of what, yeah. what I'm most known for. Where to play, how to win. How complex is that? Yeah, it isn't. It's simple. The most most good things in the world of, of strategy and business are not complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there is there more to come with yeah. the,
0: the the framework?
3: Lots. Yes. Yeah. All right. What we right. have to do is is and I talked a little bit about it, about, about it uh, earlier. Is we've got to figure out uh, more about what is how can you. Uh, judge the quality of a promise holistically like okay. we should be able to have a criteria that said this promise is a better one than this than this than this in your in mm-hmm. your situation mm-hmm. so we've got to do we've got to do more uh, research work on on that for sure. Um, and you know I, I'm I'm kind of interested in uh, does that change a lot contextually mm-hmm. right um, mm-hmm. right? Do you need to make different promises at different, if you want to do Byron Sharp category entry points, sort sort of so so to get right. more of a if you will a taxonomy of 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 promises, so that it's really a- actionable. sort of like okay, yeah. we're trying to get consideration uh, here. Um, what kind of promise do we make for that? Oh, we're trying to close it. Uh, you know, kind of uh, what kind of what kind of promise uh, do we make there? So. Sure. It's that kind of peeling of the onion that's coming mm-hmm. next, and we're we're actually right now in discussions with uh, with work on on an on, on another piece of piece of work del- delving into the eight hundred and eight promise to the customer. Uh, can I add, We're going to forget the twelve hundred <laughs> and say bye <bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> yeah, but the the the, the uh, eight hundred. We would would like to dive into it. Into it. So amazing. There. Look for more, more to come, and and, and I and I, had, and I had a great conversation yesterday with a with a cool at cool ad agency, uh, and, and so there's lots of people reaching out and are interested, and in, and in, in, uh, I think, you know, one thing that's in the back of my mind is sort of building some kind of a coalition of a bunch of interested people in that in in the CMOS that are interesting in whatever to 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 have mm-hmm. a real kind of practitioner base or, of, of yeah. folks that that would would help guide where we where we go with this as a collective because it's for the betterment of yeah. research in general we'd love to be a part of that coalition well there you go okay roger how could people find out more about you Well, I have a a, a website that's just www.rogerlmartin.com. My middle name is Lloyd. And if you put (laughs) rogermartin.com, it'll be a nice, very nice real estate agent in Houston who has to funnel things to my way. I've sent him a bunch of signed books and everything. He couldn't be a nicer guy. Uh, But uh, just to be nice to him, please put the L in. Uh, And... uh, and I'm on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter, but uh, the, the thing, if you like, if you like my work, the probably the most the the biggest manifestation of it these days is my medium uh, column. I write every week a playing to win practitioner uh, insights piece. Uh, I'm forty four year, forty four weeks the year three, uh, and it's and it's uh, approaching four books worth. Jeez. So playing to win with 67,000 words and I'm, I'm at, uh, at something in excess, I think it's 260,000, uh, words now. So, and it's my most current thinking, the way to get my, what I'm thinking about this week, uh, that's, that's where you, uh, you find it. Uh, so, uh, and, 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 If you're, if you don't want to pay the 50 bucks a year that you have to pay to medium to be on the platform, uh, you can just go to my website. There's, there's a a tab that, that, uh, because the great thing about medium, I'll, 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 I'll push medium here. The great thing about, about them is they take no internet intellectual property grab. It's your IP and it's perfectly fine for me Mm -hmm. to put links uh on hmm. my uh site so there's uh, the entire list of them is on my site and so you don't even have to go to, to be a medium member to just click on them and, and you get them so that would be uh mark that would actually be my number one recommendation uh, uh now is that's my latest thinking and it and it will evolve every Amazing. week that's incredible
1: it's fantastic Thanks so much, Roger. This is great having you back on the show. And we just really appreciate your time and
3: not at all. You guys are always fun to talk to. I appreciate I appreciate no, I appreciate the interaction. Yeah, that, that makes it it makes a difference. I get asked to do lots and lots and lots of podcasts and I do not go back and do second ones of the ones that aren't intellectually engaging. For me and the and, and the other people, because yeah. well, you know life's too short. So so you do a r- really nice uh, job, and so I was happy to be back. <laughs> that, uh, that means a
0: lot, genuinely. That means a lot, Roger. Thank you so much.
3: Amazing. not at all, not at all. Yeah, that does. All right, gentlemen, I, I I must I must go.
1: And now the post pod with V and Mark. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. <laughs> Is it me? V, v. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Most part time. <laughs> <laughs> so anticlimactic. <laughs> that one was, that one
0: fell flat on its.
1: Let's try again. It's the we can do. We can do. We can do better. <laughs> Look at What's that. It's another way to You're say really that?
0: leaning into your radio voice. Yeah,
1: I, I'm going to that? get the really deep voice. <laughs> I should have drank there whiskey or something last night. <laughs> it's the postpart <laughs> with, <the> little... <laughs> with V and Mark. <laughs> uh, all right. right. Postpart with Roger it? Martin. Roger L. Martin.
0: Roger L. Martin. Be careful. It's a great, great gentleman from what we know. Roger Martin, uh, I guess the real estate agent out in Houston. Shout out to Roger Martin in Houston. Yeah. Probably won't be listening to this podcast,
1: but that's okay. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, so, Roger Martin and playing to win. But I, why did I do that again? It's not. You lo- <laughs> well, you love playing to win. I do which love is playing fantastic. to win. The promise to the customer. Yeah. You know why? Because in my head I see PT and then I just finish, fill in the blanks with oh. playing to win, but it's PTTC, yeah. promise to the customer. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think? I, I, well,
0: I think you and I talked about this and there was a part of me that was a little bit skeptical because I I felt like this just seems like a a brand purpose. It kind of seems like I would argue sometimes it's a, it's a promise. Um, And it's, it's one of those things where I I think I came in not completely sold on this, uh, on this framework, Mm -hmm. but as we started, you know, talking to Roger a little bit and digging deep. And I think what really did it for me was a delineation between, um, brand promise versus a consumer promise. And right. what they're measuring is the consumer promise that brands are making. I think right. that for me is like, okay, okay, now I get it. Yeah. And you know, the, the Avis example was also another really strong, uh, I guess, example of where it applies and how it doesn't apply, say, in that state. So even though Avis's Try Harder was a fantastic campaign for the for the brand yeah. in itself, it is an internalization of what they want to do to deliver right. on potentially a promise. But it wasn't like outward facing. It's the, the consumer would see the outcome of them trying harder, but it's yeah. not making a promise to the consumer in the traditional sense, or at least the way Roger was speaking about it. But I think it's probably, maybe that one's probably more of a gray line too, because one would argue maybe there is a, a, a consumer facing component to that because by you trying hard, it means that my service is going to go up. So even mm-hmm. though you, it may take you a few steps to get to that, uh, what he called logical pathway, yeah. um, it's still quite concise versus some other ones where it's just a far stretch.
1: Yeah. I, for me, like, I think I mentioned this, although I was having so much lag, I'm not sure what. like my computer was lagging so much i'm not sure what i said that actually got recorded but um it's really the specificity of the language i think that and it's so clear promise to the customer it literally means a promise to the customer not the brand promise not an aspiration and i think that's where marketing speak turns into Mm -hmm. that gobbledygook where you've got, <laughs> I love that so Probably much. So, so there's just so many like things that get mixed up, like USP and brand promise, yeah. and all those purpose. kinds of things that are brand purpose and mission, vision, value, like, and all that yeah. stuff kind of gets mashed together. Yeah, positioning and all like, whereas promise to the customer, to my way of thinking now. Because it's so specific, it's an outwardly yeah. facing message that yep. literally makes a promise to the customer. Yeah. And so it as a filter, now I'm thinking about it that way. It's so much clearer because the promise to the customer has to matter to them. Yeah. And then you have to be able to deliver it. And that helps, I think, a lot of the marketing messages that we're putting in and I think can help. I uh, think we talked about this a little bit too. Just get rid of the junk that we put out there in terms of like, oh, we're also green, or we're also totally, you know, environmentally conscious, or we're, uh, you know, whatever the latest fad is. Yeah, in terms of marketing, we do that too. We do that too. Like, it's not that it's. I think bold in a lot of ways because you have to promise something,
0: man. I, I even love the way you, you kind of talked about it. When you think about the promise and you know, the, the three steps that he had, you, you know, saying like, make sure that it's memorable to kind of create that stickiness. And he talked about, it, make sure that it's valuable then to, to the consumer. So making sure you're putting yourself in the consumer seat and then being able to deliver. Now deliver is so important here because it affects the entire organization. And that was right. like your, your whole, um, your whole comment back to Roger is like, if you're not set up to deliver against the promise, then the promise falls flat, but this affects everything from, you know, head office right down to your front lines and your ability to deliver against that promise, which is also a way to kind of bring an organization together. So if you're, if you're internalizing and you're saying, here we go, we want to become, well, let's just use, um, uh, he kept using Snickers, like we satisfy, right. How do you deliver against that, satis- that satisfaction? Oh, my gosh. Satisfaction? Sat- satisfaction? I was like, satisfaction? I'm like, that can't like, be right. <laughs> anyway, satisfaction. <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's still early. <laughs> it's still my
1: early. brain wasn't firing either before.
0: <laughs> but it's, you know, how do you continuously do that? So it means you're not tweaking the recipe potentially. And that, that essentially goes right down to, you know, the, the production line. Yeah. Packaging you know making sure that it's easy to open potentially like i don't know all the nuances obviously in the in, in that uh, in that sector but you can yeah. see how immediately it it starts permeating other areas of the business and i yeah. think that's the important distinction here is any promise you come up shouldn't become uh an isolation of just marketing thinking of a promise mm-hmm. it's you have to almost pressure test that promise against the business and the yeah. and their ability to potentially deliver against it
1: yeah i totally agree yeah there's um i mean you've heard of this i'm sure before there's that classic line from john kennedy about we're going to put a man on the moon and bring him back Hmm. and often that's referred to as like you know a great brand promise or whatever but now i think it's actually a promise to the customer and the and the dude (laughs) we're going to bring you back and the guy put the guy on the moon and we're going to bring him back oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah totally (laughs) yeah i was literally thinking like the dude from the big lebowski i'm like he said that it's the yeah, rug man it really ties the whole room together <laughs> uh yeah yeah the guy going up in the <laughs> rocket yeah that dude yeah that dude <laughs> it is a promise to him yeah totally but but it's i think and i don't know it would be interesting to run that through i think if it's the criteria but it's also oh, one yeah. of those things where you can see like how that promise is a or, or that statement is a promise to the American public and to the dude. <laughs> um, but then it also has to be delivered by everybody that was a part of making the ship and, you know, totally. making sure the rockets work and making sure that the parachute w- works and making like yeah. all those things. Right. And and, the, yeah. and there's that famous line about the guy who's the sweeper. And he said, I'm helping put a man on the moon. Like that was also an important part of the job.
0: Totally. Totally. And I think that's what makes this framework so simple to adapt and, and use like, and I, you know, I know at the end that we're asking like, Hey, where's this framework going? But you have more than enough right now as a marketer to take this and start pressure testing all your communications that are coming out of the department. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. You know, it's, is it memorable? Are you actually making that promise to, to the consumer? And And I think because it is so simple, it's, I can't forget this now like it's it's done it's now ingrained in yeah. my head as a way to for me pressure test or challenge or push back internally mm-hmm. to 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 anybody to say yeah this is cool you're making a brand promise but you're not making a consumer promise
2: mm-hmm.
0: is that what we want yeah it's not saying that it won't be successful but totally. you really want to really want to you know swing for the fences here why don't we you know make sure that it's rooted in a deeply a uh, deep consumer need and we're mm-hmm. essentially answering the bell or answering the call in that moment
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and and i mean we keep coming back to this comment or at least i do i think you do too but it's so much about understanding the customer <laughs> that's like it. you have to know what's valuable to them in order to make a promise that's going to be, be memorable because if it's something they don't care about they're never going to remember it
0: No. Nope. Isn't it funny how simple it all is at the end of the day? Yeah. Put the consumer at the center of everything that you do, you know, being able to cater to their needs, their needs, not your needs, their needs, Yeah. you know, and, you know, put messaging or craft messaging in a way that, you know, really resonates with the consumer or delivers and able to deliver against a promise that you're making. It just, just, and I love his his PNG example as well where he Mm -hmm. talked about, you know, they, they realize, you know, between 2017 and 2021.
1: Oh, sorry. That one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Where it's just, you know, Oh my gosh, this is where we missed it. You know? And it's, again, it's such an easy test to do. Yeah. You, you must, I don't know. And I'm sure, I'm sure like you're going to have some really brand focused marketers are going to be, it's the same. They'll lean on, say, the Avis example, which was extremely successful for them, and I, I think that one's a little bit of a gray line, like I mentioned earlier, that you know it's it, you have to make sure you are putting the brand first because that's what you stand for. Yeah. Um, because let's think about Apple. Think different. from the longest standing. You know, um, is that a promise to the customer?
1: No. No. Weirdly enough, I was just looking at Apple ads. Yesterday, mm-hmm. over time. Um, okay. Yeah, so there's Think Different. That was one. Here's to the crazy ones. Here's to the crazy one. ones. And then there's a, there's a few others. There's like, um, and Mac, um, right after, I think it was right after Here's to the Crazy Ones, they went from, we're going to be a computer, like, a, like that's pretty much all they were at the time, was we're going to be a computer for creatives. Yeah. To we're a computer for everyone. We're the un PC. So then they had this un PC campaign. Yeah. That they ran for a while. So that in my mind was like it may actually fit into that promise to the customer. And then they did the Mac versus PC for however long they did.
0: That was a that was a long campaign. It was a good it was a good one too.
1: Yeah. Or a thousand songs in your pocket. Yeah. With the iPod release. Yeah. I mean these are those are promises. Yeah. And you can check them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, true. that's um, true.
1: The one thing I was thinking about as like, there's all kinds of conversation right now about with Ritson and um, Byron Sharp, Byron. And the, all that kind of stuff right now, the debate on differentiation versus distinctiveness. And um, and so I actually started thinking about that when we were talking to Roger about um, promise to the customer, because in the case of Formica versus the Wilson art that, that they, he gave us, Mm-hmm. Um, Wilson Art saying we're going to get this stuff to you in 48 hours on your job site for Micah saying six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. At first, you know, I think that's where that, oh, what's, what do you call it? It's not cumulative advantage. What did you call it again?
0: Um, it's, isn't it?
1: Or maybe, or maybe it is cumulative advantage. I think so. I just keep referring to, I think, I, th- I, have, I have like economics stuff in my head. <laughs> Oh, comparative advantage. That was the economics one. Cumulative advantage. Yeah, it's like compounding interest, right? Yeah. On a promise like this. So, to me, I was thinking about differentiation in terms of that because, like, you can say anything, and you're not, a lot of companies aren't really, the products and services they offer aren't totally differentiated. But in that particular case, I could see how that would become a point of differentiation that matters to the customer. They have the same products, but it's the way they deliver the products. That at first, if they don't have the right systems in terms of delivery or inventory management or inventory assortment, all that kind of stuff, it probably doesn't mean anything to people. But over time, and I thought that was such a good question that you asked me. Over time, I think that's where you potentially can differentiate yourselves on something that's, that customers care about. Because it's harder to copy the systems than it is like the product. Totally. In a gay. lot of
0: ways. And for me, there was there's another very clear example that that kind of really comes up that, you know, the Prime product that Amazon has, yeah, it delivers it against the promise that we're going to get it to you a lot quicker if you right. don't use Prime, right? So it kind of gives you I'm willing to pay that membership fee now, right? What it was the five bucks a month to take advantage of that. So you know w- when I think about that, it, like is Amazon a, a top brand for me? Not really, but if I need something quick, I know I can get same day shipping, uh, or at least within a couple days, I, I have the product. It's a big differentiator than me trying to source it somewhere else to try yeah. to get the same thing. So for the, their ability to repeatedly deliver against that promise continuously yeah. now for me has become this top of mind service. Anytime right. I need something, I'm going to f- probably first go to Amazon, see if they have it available. Cause I know I can get it really quickly. Yeah. Um before I start looking outside of uh, yeah. outside of that. So I think their ability to deliver against that is totally. an example of again totally. a promise to the customer.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. And actually like we we think of Amazon Prime that way. Like it's almost shocking now when, when it doesn't show up in a day or even sometimes yeah. within hours of ordering. Yeah, it. Totally. Like, what's taking them so long? What, <laughs> <laughs> what what's going on? <laughs> But but we act like it was always that way, yeah. You know, I mean, we forget that this has probably been—I don't know how long they've been around exactly—but thirty-ish years of Amazon yeah. trying to figure out logistics and making yeah. the whole system better, totally. Um, and now, you know, we just don't remember the world that didn't exist. No, no. Yeah.
0: I literally, I ordered a flash, a thumb drive, flash drive, call it whatever you want. And I had it within eight hours. That's wild. It's like how? Yeah. Now we can talk about packaging and how they actually deliver it. And you're like, this box yeah. is, was not needed. Yeah. But at the same time, like I, I'm as a consumer, I'm super appreciative on how quickly they got. Because even if I wanted to go drive and to a Best Buy and, and try mm-hmm. to, so, like, it's just quicker just deliver it to my house. I don't have to go anywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Actually, and speaking of which, that's also like, the you know, I just thought another example that was it FedEx when it absolutely has to be there overnight or UPS. One of the, I can't remember which one it is. Well, I think they the, both have overnight, but FedEx. But there was a there was like a campaign when it's, that was the message of the campaign when right. it absolutely has to be there overnight. Use yeah. whatever. Fed, I, I think guess it was it's not FedEx. memorable enough. <laughs> or maybe they're just that's memory decay right there. Not because I'm be. losing my mind, but I think just because <laughs> memory decays. Well,
0: I think it's, well, I think that's an example where then there's other services that are able to deliver against that now. So now, yeah. it's, is it just FedEx or well, now it's UPS, it's Pure Later, it's like all of these that could potentially yeah. do that for you. But I think it was FedEx. If I'm, yeah. I'm fairly certain, it was FedEx that kind of really came out with it when you really need it. You know, lean on us. Um.
1: But I yeah. think you also brought up this point too, or maybe it was Roger. But and this is bad memory. Memory uh, <laughs> decay. Losing so much about my early onset Alzheimer's. Uh, but there's that that notion that, and we've talked about this with other guests, but th- that when a new VP of marketing shows up, or a CMO, or whatever, or new agency, yeah. you're like we yeah. need to refresh. Oh, Roger mentioned this. We Roger, need to refresh everything.
2: This. Yeah.
1: And then they like throw out the old thing. Oh, he brought it up with the Holiday Inn example for the logo. I mean, the logo is pretty extreme, but even just the messaging. Totally. To refresh that, like, then you're starting from scratch all over again, unless you're building on that same brand promise. Maybe that's where brand promise helps. Maybe, yeah. Because then you can iterate off the brand promise and make maybe a new promise to the customer, but it's still risky, I think.
0: Here's another example. Like again, all of these were popping in my head during our conversation. But like, let's use our shared experience, Sportcheck. You know, when we worked there, we were there for the initial launch, essentially, of Your Better Starts Here. Right. Right. Then it moved into Find What Moves You. Right. Which of the two do you think is a lot closer to making a consumer promise?
2: Mm.
1: Your brand start, still kind your, of Your Better Starts Here, I would say, is. A stronger Me too. brand promise,
0: and I would argue the performance that we had during over those three to four years with that brand anthem, yeah, um, and based on what we know, outperformed anything that we did subsequently. You mm-hmm. know, the, around the find what moves you, the find what moves you is probably a lot closer to maybe a promise a that promise. you're making more of yeah. a brand like promise an internal promise, like, yeah, exactly, and I think. Can you correlate just that as being why, you know, uh, there, there, was, there wasn't that continued success? Maybe it's not all of it, but it yeah. could be a leading indicator. So I, I'm really taking this framework now to heart because I think there's, well, we talked about how simple it is, you know, yeah. uh, to, to really kind of pressure test. But I think more importantly, it's rooted, it should always be rooted back to uh, identifying and promising as a consumer need. And totally, I kept thinking about like that empty seat in the boardroom. That's yeah. the consumer in the in the meeting with you. Yeah, you know, it's it's all of that and making sure you're you're customer genuinely customer centric for everything from your your strategies right to your messaging. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it almost seems like it's coming full circle uh, a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, it, it's yeah, it's unifying. It's not something marketing does. No. It's something that the company does. And marketing is just promoting the thing that the company will do for a customer. Totally. But everybody has to work together to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Actually, I think that's a a great great way to put it. Like, yeah, a strong brand, a, a strong consumer promise. Um, should unify entire organization to deliver against that promise.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay, V, this is awesome.
0: This is great. Great. Thank you, Roger. Once again, third time on the podcast and we're eternally grateful for, for your time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Before you go, We'd love a review. If you've got a chance to take a minute or two and leave us a review, give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. We really want to make this show better, and your feedback will help us do that. Thank you.